and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Ben and Marcel are both still in the country and are ready to look back at this weekend's mega action from North America on this very special edition of the Ski Racing Podcast. I think it's going to be dubbed the Sendy Wendy edition of the Ski Racing Podcast. Uh, I was just saying before we started recording that um, the huge downside to Wendy Holdner winning is that Marcel picked her for the win, which is absolutely <laughs> just crucifying my buzz for Sandy Wendy's victory. And I can't help but be slightly annoyed that she now won. Thanks to you, Marcel, you smug little man. Uh, that's, I'm going to keep it clean. Um, but welcome, boys. Marcel, you are looking very, very happy with yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised quite frankly shut up <laughs> that's just his face he always looks like that i'm actually just loving it i have i said i had the bragging rights for another week um but you guys are so far down the standings of the predictions league so i probably can brag for the whole season now i'm basically oh um, here he is <laughs> but so how, what's your position at in your band uh I've, i think i can't hear him all, all of a sudden I think so. Marcel <laughs> yeah. looks like you've muted. This yourself. is this is rigged. I've been muted <laughs> again. Fuck <laughs> um, yeah, from so, now on, every time Marcel decides to talk about the standings, his microphone let, mysteriously let me will cut clarify. out. I'm in tenth. You're in fifty-fifth, and Ben, you are eighty-seven. Is that about bottom of the list? Is that correct? He's not bottom of the list. Give him some credit. Uh, Marcel, as long as I retain the picks trophy from last year, I will be reigning defending champion. So I've, we've got until about March or April of you having zero bragging rights. I, I, I send you, I send you my address. I want to have that thing back. Um, right. Anyway, because we aren't actually winning. So uh, the top of the table. I'll put this um, the link and a screenshot update screenshot of the standings now that we've got a few races in ambros pivak is leading uh, tied with chris sutherland hexa natasha drew and rob great rat great batch those are the top three um ben isn't isn't natasha your missus and she and she's and she's beaten you <laughs> is that right yeah sure in her debut season she uh came fourth uh if you'd uh accepted her late entries on the first uh, weekend of the I'm season sorry, entries should, would have would have would have won that year so uh, yeah uh, <laughs> I, I should probably be uh, uh, taking uh, some tips uh, can you just go get her from down the podcast yeah can you go get her from downstairs <laughs> and bring her up and just you go make yourself a cup of tea yeah <laughs> yeah she, is, she uh, uh, is way better at picks than me um and probably technical analysis as well so yeah maybe that'll be a good idea <laughs> anyway anyway let's talk about skiing uh, this weekend the women's competition will start off in killington with the gs and then the slalom uh, the gs day looked mega didn't it the courses were good the snow was icy uh, yes breezy but all in all it was uh, i thought it was decent i thought it was really good actually and uh, lara gut barami was mega second run i know this this is the uh wendy holden holdner slash mega podcast apparently i say mega quite a lot so anyone that's keeping a mega update of my mega account is going to be mega happy with that or they, they have to do a shot whenever they say mega <laughs> anyway sorry skiing enough enough of this uh gentleman what did you think about it ben go on yeah like you mentioned there was a bit a bit blustery but the the conditions of the snow seemed to to hold up pretty well um it, it, 
it was a bit frustrating with the wind because it did appear to be strong enough to be messing with some people's timing coming onto the pitch. But at the end of the day, it's, it's ski racing. There's, the wind will play a bit of havoc with you, but it is a bit of a pain when it's blowing strong enough to put you off your timing um, in, in the turns. But yeah, it looked it looked really nice. There, there was some strange um, talk on, on the first one with some people saying it was quite a, a challenging course and thought that's what the world cup's for um so <laughs> i did i didn't like the, I, I didn't think it was too difficult or no like i did i don't i think it had rhythm i don't think it lacked rhythm and, and things we generally would moan about when we complain about course setting in terms of it not being too easy so i thought i thought the courses were absolutely fine um i felt i was a bit I was a bit uh disappointed for alex it looked like she didn't really ever get into rhythm on the course like her splits were okay not not as quick as 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 she was looking in in levy the week before um uh from from the brit side but i thought she i thought she was skiing pretty well and hopefully uh can can take that into the next lot of tech races uh further down the line marcel well one thing that was outstanding for me was the person who got 17th actually um lara Kulturi, who is the daughter of Daniela Ceccarelli, former yeah. Olympic champion. Yeah. She's now for Albania. And she literally just turned 16 years and she's scored Valka points, which I thought was ridiculous. And the way she skis like, is, is really cool. I really like it. Um, She moves very nicely on both skis. Her knees are going in very well. It's, she reminds me a bit of Lara Good um, yeah. From, yeah, I see that. from her technique. And I, she was skiing beautifully, um, barred a couple of little mistakes. But I mean, other than that, I think she was, she's definitely my winner of the of the weekend, basically. Bar skier of the day. Yeah, I think she was. I think she was, and she deserves um, that. Do you think, as as you've already brought her up, do you worry? Because obviously, we're there's already quite a lot of attention on the 16 year old daughter of Ceccarelli. Uh, do, do you? Th- you know, is that something that could become a distraction? Do you think that's added pressure? Do you think that's anything that, you know, there are a lot of eyes on her already and people taking note of her results at just 16? Well, I think on one hand it might be, but she seems to be getting quite nicely along with the pressure, so it shouldn't be a problem. But what I um, what I think is an advantage in this case is that she's not on the Italian ski team because I feel like, you know, there's like this 16 year old girl rocking up if she would be on the Italian ski team and all the other girls who might be a bit more established and stuff that could like cause some drama, mm-hmm. which I, which she probably would do. Um, so I think it's quite good for her to be on like her own. I mean, I know she trains like lots of other people and her mom is obviously keeping a close eye on her. Um, yeah, so the boys head coach, keep it, keeping the boys away for a while, um, which probably <laughs> will help. <laughs> no, but seriously, I think, I think she's absolutely fine. And I mean, it's literally her first Swiss season. She's probably skied about, I don't know, 10 races maybe in general. Um, and well, I think she's going to be, she's going to be. Yeah, there was, there was a decent amount of talk about her over the summer, wasn't it? A lot of excitement. So. But it's the thing, you know, the thing is some people might be like super advanced in like the bodies, maybe like more developed than others and those kind of things. But with her, like she's, she skis so like really nicely and she has just the right technique, like her body, moves exactly with her hips she's not, not too much inside but her knees moving perfectly with the hips as well I think you know the whole setup is is really is really good and I'm actually excited to see her and you could see like both skis were pretty much turning the same way which is um 
not always the case. Um, and she's she's doing it at 16 years, so I guess that's pretty good. Oh, super, yeah. super impressive. Go, you go, Ben. Go, go. Yeah, I mean, she's she's clearly an, an incredible skier, but what I thought was quite interesting with, with that discussion and, and will be interesting to see how it plays out, I, I know the Italians might not have much in, in the way of slalom skiers at the moment, but passing up the opportunity to train with Bassino and, and Brignoni and if she gets involved in speed, uh, the likes of, of, of Goggia, it, it's not like the Italians don't have people to train with. So it, it's kind of interesting that they've gone down that road. Obviously, these are all, uh, and Bassino is probably the youngest at like 26 or so, so still 10 years older than her. Maybe they feel it's better for her at that age to just be, be by herself. But, you know, I was on the slightly more commercial side of things. You, you would probably make a lot more money in future as a Italian ski racing legend than an Albanian ski racing legend I would think I don't actually know um, but I just as as that discussion was taking place I was like well it's not like for a lack of training partners we talk a lot on, on this and you talk about it on commentary a lot Ed about how important some of those training groups are so when yeah. people actively say I want to go by myself um, it's it's an interesting one because you know I mean you've, I seen, so, you've seen solo programs work there let me look at Vlahova she's gone full solo the Kostelic's obviously at that <laughs> point we're doing full solo I just wonder whether for, I think we touched on this briefly last week that it, I think there's obviously benefits to both solo program. You do exactly what you need to be doing all of the time. You don't have to compromise to do anything that the team needs to do or go, oh, we're doing GS because the team haven't done GS that much, for instance. But at the same time, I I put a lot of um a lot of weight in with with the fact that the team around you helps boost you up and when stuff's going good being on your own is easy i would think but uh, when stuff's not going good i think that's when you really rely on the rest of your team to drag you out of a funk because every ski racer gets in them every single one of them goes through a downward spiral and needs to snap out of it whether that is you know on skis or off ski so i just wonder whether for, for me i'd always pick a team over going solo but that's that's I that's with what her, I like, but that's not, know, I don't think there's a one way right or the other. With her, it's like, it's a bit different, you know, I, the reason was not that she didn't want to train with the Italian, but they just wouldn't let her ski the World Cups. I mean, it's like a different yeah. story, you know, <laughs> sorry, with the Italians, you probably would have to go through fist races first and then, yeah, they wouldn't give her a start. Yeah. and then World Cup races. And then you like three, three years down the line, maybe like 1920, they would give her a start and they, you know what, she was like, well, no, and I'm, I'm going to do it now. Like I can do it yeah. now. So why wouldn't I? And I told, I totally get that. Like, I understand that. Yeah. It's good for her. Um, if they feel she's ready and she clearly is, if she wouldn't be, you know, if she would be like eight seconds behind every race, what's the point. Mm. But with her being like, obviously now in top 30 already and doing slaloms where she's close to qualification. I'm not, I don't think this, this week was that great for her slalom, but in Levy, she was 32nd and now she's 17. So with her, it's a different story because she just wouldn't get the chance. And I, to the money side, you know what? If she wins races, she's going to get lots of money anyway. <laughs> so they will, even in Italy, they will be like, oh shit, we forgot about her. Um, and then they will give her money in Italy as well. So I, you know, I don't think it's going to be making much of a difference for her. Um, valid point, Marcel. Very valid. But I, I, I think uh, she's obviously mega talented mega 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 i think she's gonna drink to a drink i think she's gonna be uh you know absolutely fine and i can't wait to see more of more of her on race skis um i quite enjoyed seeing ragan and mulvinkel on that first run 
back on form in GS. It's been a long time. Injury-ridden seasons. Uh, she started to make her comeback more in speed, didn't she? Last couple of seasons, or all of last season and half of the season before, if I if I remember correctly. Uh, I was very much enjoy seeing her back. Um, and then, yeah, Bassino, after a subpar last season, is back on form. Mega second run. Sorry. Uh, great second run. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, you really, you're really good at that, not doing, not saying mega. Yeah. And then, uh, but, but Lara Gutbarami, brilliant second mega. run, as she was. But, you know, there's only that, there's only one word for it. But she was brilliant. She really was. Um, and Schifrin had a tricky weekend. Thoughts, thoughts on all of that? Ben, go. Uh, Basino back was, was great. And also Hector showing that now she's recovered from that injury, still has that speed in GS that she had last year was, was really encouraging to see. It's, it's hard to take too much away because it is that that first GS we were um, really robbed of, of the Solden GS for the women. Yeah. Uh, so this weekend almost makes you just feel a little bit, you know, lost that we've now got the speed uh section happening uh the next the next week or so so we're, we're missing out on a bit on a bit of tech racing um but on on shifting side yeah it's it's rare to see her struggle on on home snow they said she's never won the gs yes. at, at, at killington she's still there or thereabouts. she doesn't normally perform badly there by her standards i just didn't think she was Timing wasn't that, great, was it? I don't think the flow was really there. Didn't didn't sort of start. Didn't have turn. that connection with the with the skis and the snow that she normally has. It it looked yeah. like maybe her GS setup still needs some work. Like normally, one of the things that makes Schifrin so great is just how clean the pickup at the top of the turn is. When when she decides it's time to go, the the turn picks up perfectly, and it just didn't quite look right. No. So, it, and I think we said this a couple of times with her in GS last year, and maybe that's one discipline where things aren't quite clicking for her and and it, you know that's one of the problems of being a, a multi-discipline racer is they're not all going to fire at once and we're so used to them always firing for Schifrin mm. it makes a bit of a change for her to, to appear to not quite have everything right um in, in GS but like we said it is it is still the first race there's a long long way to go oh yeah um but yeah she'll she'll probably use that as fuel in the in the coming weeks to to really work on 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 the gs and make sure that setup's perfect uh getting ready for the next tech block you got anything to add mr mathis i always do no i'm joking <laughs> no i think you know her gs it, it's it's quite tricky they had like a long break now with sold not happening i think she probably thought she is better than she was at this at this time uh, i guess you know but there's definitely a lot of work for her to do in gs but she will i think she will find her way around it um and i feel like i don't know um from from what it looks like on the outside she's she's better when the slope's better if you if that makes sense yeah so when it's a bit tricky it's you could see it in slalom as well and i'll be not into slalom yet but I feel like she's struggling a bit with that. You can when, you can see that when the slope when the track surface getting, wasn't great and she doesn't not, yeah, have that not, connection like Ben exactly. Was it's about. like it's a bit tricky for her because she moves like her body weight a bit more to the back and to the inside, what she usually doesn't do, and she's not moving like all the energy forward. And I think that is maybe a bit something has to do maybe with self confidence or like you know self belief, whatever you want to call it. And I feel like in slalom when it's like hard surface she's obviously perfect 
but when it when it comes to like trickier slopes and that was something that she was struggling with last year as well in the second runs for example um that she fell a bit back and just didn't have that self-belief and i feel like that might be something she she should be working on i mean if i sh if i may say um to someone who has won 76 walker braces but uh, you're i think the snow surface point is actually really valid it just didn't look like she flows that well with that snow surface and with we see that plenty of plenty of those throughout the season don't we so i wonder if it's just a, like you say a little bit of a setup first race of the season you know most of the time it's been spent on glaciers where the snow isn't you know tends to be a bit better um but yeah and then on to the slalom day and it uh was a day to remember for wendy Haltner. i think having i bet what she was thinking after um after levy having missed out you know another question of would it ever happen for her and then all of a sudden she goes down stomps the second run and uh and goes tied with Sven Larsen and then I thought she's going to lose it again I was so nervous about her losing it she but uh I'm so pleased I mean yeah like I say the only thing is that you that you chose her um that salts that salts that victory yeah but I'm I'm her good charm actually good luck charm all right so we just put no, you down for Wendy you Holder know when she was in. when she was skiing down she was losing time progressively to, to Sven Larsen I was like oh my god is she now losing it against Sven Larsen and then that will I think both were just happy that they had like a zero zero on the, on the yeah. time. Like just get it out of the way, have the win, you know, God knows how many, many more times that's going to happen. So, and then an Austrian on the podium, but not Leinsberger. Hey, she had a, she had a great second run. Um, she's skied really well. And you know what? Like the second run was tough. I mm. mean, the other Austrian girl who flew from like 30 to eight or whatever. Um, Gritch. Gritch. Gritch yeah. Yes. That was. <clears throat> You could see like the last bit of the slope was really <clears throat> what people steep struggling the on there. Snow, yeah, it just yeah, was wet, wasn't it? Started lots raining. Times, lots yeah. of time. They lost lots of time down there. It was just a tricky race, but you get them, you know, it's a bit more like a, a spring. It looked a bit like a spring race. Yeah. Um, and it probably was a spring race, to be honest. And that's why a lot of people like, obviously, you know, when you go first in the second round, that's a huge advantage. And she took the most advantage of it. Um, and the rest was really struggling in that middle section even the last races you could see like them losing time and time and time but you know yeah i'm not a massive obviously there's not much you can do about it but i'm not a massive fan when the swing is that bad based on bib number you could see after the first like three people on the first run when the numbers like four five and six are getting bounced around you're like it's going to be one of those days mm. um and i think i was scribbling notes down somewhere i think halfway through the second run even when the course was still reasonably clean, people weren't able to get within two seconds of Gritch's second run time. And it's not like getting within two seconds of a shiffering run on the clean course. You know, she had a great second run, but Gritch isn't as fast as Schifrin on, on yeah. you know, her best day. Um, so the fact that people were still struggling to get within two seconds of her is testament to the course obviously she she had a, a, a great run and took advantage of those conditions which is exactly what you can do and there's not much more the course crew could could do from from what we could see it's just it's just a shame when races are, are, are that kind of conditions heavy this early in the season but considering the fact they didn't have that much snow a few weeks back they did well to to get the races uh on it's just a shame it wasn't a bit colder um yeah. but yeah i thought yeah, it would have been nice if the conditions had held up the way they did in, in the GS. 
because uh, it looked a little bit kind of fair all the way through. But like Marcel was saying, that the likes of um, I think Tripper did quite well in terms of she was kind of fortunate to be the first one after that final TV break. And, and obviously that's an extra couple minutes worth of cleaning out those ruts um, for her. And she, and again, took advantage of it. Um, Vlahova, I thought was an interesting one to watch. Um, the, certainly the commentary on, on Eurosport were picking up on it. And I noticed it last week in the slaloms as well. She's, she seems to be really lifting her heels a lot up this year uh, between turns. She's really not, transitioning particularly well obviously yeah. she's still going really fast but I think considering she, how dominant she was last year just it just seems like a little bit of timing's not quite there yeah because I think there's a lot of hip movement so she she is getting light between the turns but the hip drops quite a long way back and then has to move a long way and then she gets the pop and then the hips are going too high up and the in term and you know it's transferred up into the air rather than down down the hill and I kind of feel like we're not quite used to her hips dropping that far back and therefore having to make that explosive move to get to try and get back on the front of the skis, which is transferring into that up motion. It, she, she, her timing isn't there yet either, which I think is a bit ominous considering she was fourth in those conditions where she's still not skiing great and she still was able to pull that off. But, I, you know, I do love the fact that we are seeing all these different winners and and podium skiers and Sven Larsen you know backing up that levy result brilliant ski deserved winner Holdner from you know the conditions did get worse and we saw Schifrin going from first down to fifth whereas Holdner went from second to first so you know she dealt with those conditions a lot better and was able to you know, withstand the pressure of never winning a World Cup, potentially being on the podium again and seeing her keep that mental strength, Trippe moving up, Schiffer, like I say, dropping back slightly. Um, I think in those conditions, it probably helped Wendy not win in the first run because if she'd been in first position in those conditions, it would have been yeah. so much harder because it's going through your head every time you make a mistake is, oh my God, Schifrin's going to beat me. Whereas yeah. when, you, when you know she's still got to come, she can ski like she did last week. And even if you're making mistakes, everything's just, just keep going, just keep but going. Lee, yeah, get in Leansberger was skiing well as well before she crashed. Lena Dur was skiing well. Not as well as she did last, you know, in, in in that first round of Levy, but she's skiing really well as well. Obviously, made that mistake, but I just love the fact that we we're now talking about, I don't know, four four five race winners rather than Schifrin or Vlahova. We'll see. We'll see what happens when we get around to the next lot of picks. A lot of picks, yeah. I, in, <laughs> I, yeah, there's still a lot of. Um, a lot of the the favourites, which is understandable early on in the season. Marcel, you got anything to add on on that front? Of... No, I think it's. I mean, I feel like Vlahova and Schifrin are a bit in the same boat when it comes to like you know being a bit too passive on the skis, um, which you don't usually see. Do, from you, them. do you think that they have got? This isn't an attack, but do you think I, they've got too comfortable with being? better than everybody else and can think that they can afford to be as passive but i feel like the rest of the field has come on do you think that's the case or my no i don't know because i think you know when you look at them but they they always keep like just the opposite of passive like really aggressively when they won the races so i don't yeah. think yeah when they won the races i don't think yeah i know but like i don't think they're too complacent i feel like they're just not probably i mean the might not be in the right headspace as she said already um but I think you know 
I don't necessarily think they've been too complacent with it. I think they're just, just asking. I'm not, I'm not no, sure. I, I'm no, not I sure think, if I, if I, I think they're just, I think they're just, they're just you know, they're not, they, I don't think they're at the level that they were, um, quite frankly, both of them. Schifrin wasn't the first two races, but not this race. And when I say the level they were, like a couple of years back, mm. um, I don't think they are skiing on the same level. I think the other ones obviously got better as well, but I don't think they're just, yeah, they're not, we, they're not, we, they're not having the technique in the right spot right now. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. 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 We've seen Schifrin we've seen win seconds by two seconds plus. So she's, she's not skiing at that level at the moment, which gives other people a chance. Um, but, you know, she, she got two wins out of two last week and, you know, I think fifth or so this week is is definitely not like the the, uh, the sky's falling. Yeah, it's not like the sky's falling in. But yeah, it's just no, it's, no, like said, it's, it's brilliant that other people can push them, and and hopefully they can push them all season. And we get races where we say that looked pretty good or pretty close to flawless from Schifrin and Vlahova and Sandy Wendy and Sven Larsen are still yeah. right with them. Um, and therefore, we may get more than we got eighty three percent of. Uh, pickers going for Schifrin in slalom uh over the over listen the to me listen to me um and in the gs uh 44% of entries were to Schifrin 38% were to, were to uh Hector so I love those stats who are you doing them that is nothing to do with me and nothing to do with the podcast stat man Ben Clark uh, that is to do with a uh, friend of the pod and uh, recent taken charge of the technical aspects of the predictions league. So I don't have to uh, add up and get it wrong. Uh, Gareth Harvey. You so make, again, it, you you make you it sound very, very clever right now. So 48% of people. Uh, hey, last, uh, do you know, I'm not claiming it. Last time I didn't claim it either. So I'm going to mute you again. <laughs> Marcel muted Mathis, I think the, the, the muted podcaster. Uh, right onto the onto the men's race over in Lake Louise. Unfortunately, we lost the first race to bad weather, and so the downhill was pushed to Saturday, uh, and the Sunday stayed as Sunday Super G. And the conditions, I have to say, were up there with some of the best. The piece was absolutely rock solid, and I think. In somewhere like Lake Louise, where it gets dubbed, and actually RIP Lake Louise, because that's the last time uh, at the moment, anyway, for the foreseeable, that we'll be racing at Lake Louise, which I think is a massive shame. Um, that um, we, it, it, I, it, you know, like a race, I was about to say, race that sometimes gets dubbed as, you know, a, an easy entry into the speed season. It's not the most tricky of downhills on the circuit. The piece was brilliant. It was rock solid. It was ripply, it was bumpy, and it was properly massively good. Agreed. Um, yeah, it was it was good fun. Uh, I didn't get to watch it on the day, so I was watching the both this evening. Um, and the the downhill um, looked really good fun. Uh, we talked about it last week that perhaps it's not um, the most uh, exciting at times, but it certainly felt a lot more like it this time and to you know have the the race the way it played out was was perfect so we had was it Kilda um getting yet another win although surprisingly I, they said it was only his 14th win it feels only like he's his won 14th like, world cup win feels like he's had about 100 right <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's only his 14th uh, narrowly pipping uh Daniel Hemmitsberger 
um, in second by six hundredths, and Marco Odomat in another downhill podium, uh, 0.1 off the pace of Kilda. So a really packed in podium. Um, and Matthias Meyer and Beat Foyts just off the pace in, in, in fourth and fifth. So it was it was pretty, pretty tight racing, which again isn't something we always get in Lake Louise. No. I've got I've got like recollections of some quite big winning margins there in the past. So it was good that it was it was so close uh there. I don't know what your thoughts were, Marcel, on on the racing. I thought it was actually as as you guys said, it was amazing. Uh, the slopes were perfect. I think they you know what, like they usually have problems in Lake Louise with the wind and everything. There was a bit of wind, but I guess it was fair for everyone. Um, fairly fair. I was very impressed by Daniel Hemmetsberger. He was yeah, like a, a wild boar. He was like, he was so really close to winning. Like, he almost should have won. I think if you look at that run, you say that he missed opportunity to win there because you he know, made that, a few mistakes. I mean, it was, you know what, he was the the guy who really risked everything down yeah, there. Yeah, it was the ballsiest down there, definitely. Yeah, he was full sure. charge. And hey, are we, are we sure? Are we sure Johan Clare at like 45 or however old he is now, even pushing out of a World Cup start gate, <laughs> is in the ballsiest person? Yeah, but that, there. I think that's ballsy for other reasons. Maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe somebody needs and, to go and see if he's okay before he pushes out the gate. I think I, I think always, I, I think he's only 41, 45 is an exaggeration, but still, it that's insane. And and also putting in the performance he did as well. Claire was sick. Uh, he was still inside the second of the, of the win. He, and he did that with his eyes closed because he hasn't seen it for, for many years. <laughs> I always forget that he's that old, actually. He just, pops up in, he just calls him that, that guy just pops up in every like top 10 on whatever. And he's 41. Bloody hell, what's going yeah, on? Ben, Ben, bring us some some Claret stats next week, will you? Yeah, please. How many, yeah. how many, how many Walker races has he done? Too many. I can, I can get. I can get that. Can well, get that's that actually now. pretty easy to it's find easy. out, isn't it? Just uh, his strike rate's got to be decent for a top ten. I mean, it's not Schifrin podium strike rate, but it's got to be pretty decent for a top ten. Um, but yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Hemmetsberger was. I thought he was going to take it. I think he just came. He didn't. He came into into C turn very direct over the break over there, didn't he? And I think he just had to. He had a couple of really heavy turns just over onto the onto the waterfall section, and he, uh, I think, just by a couple of meters, threw it away in terms of what would have been his 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 win. But brilliant, absolutely brilliant! It was right on the edge of my seat. I thought it was proper downhill racing, fast. It was. Aggressive. It was also a great comeback from uh, Dresden. I think he he ended up eighth, which is which is amazing. Um, he hasn't been skiing for like two years or whatever. And he, you know what, when he was skiing down, I was like, well, it looks pretty solid. But the more races came down, the better it looked. And I think he will be one to watch for the next couple of races because he got it out of the way now the first race. There might be some nerves at the start, but, you know, I think he's he's back on track. Benny Boy? Yeah, I was going to talk about some other people, but I've got the uh, Johan Claro stats now. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, 227 starts and, and nine podiums, but 227 speed starts. That is how his knees and back still work is beyond me because that takes an absolute beating. I mean, yeah. uh, that's that's a lot of hard work to to go uh, to go through. Um, but just on 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 the rest of that race, I think I, I made notes that it looked like Hemmetsberger was more interested in big air than high speed based on how far he went off 
both those jumps um uh in the in the downhills ridiculous amounts of distance and it didn't look entirely controlled on either of them so he probably could have found the the six hundredths or whatever it was he needed just in 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 the airtime but it showed just how hard he was pushing um it doesn't feel long until Odomat's going to get a downhill win, no, uh, which he hasn't. It. I think he got like three seconds last year. It feels like it's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. and we'll probably come onto it when we talk about the super G. But he looks like he's really worked on his glide because he was taking time out of the likes of Foyts in some of the gliding sections, which is something you just don't expect to happen. Um, and Ed, one of your normal picks was a bit of a surprise. Um, and I wonder if his uh, technician has been fired yet um, with uh, Paris. Uh, yeah. the, the, the release, release. coming come just right next to the net, which is always a bit scary. Yeah. Um, he was lucky enough that it came off just before he got to the net. So he could kind of almost have like a controlled slide into them. But it was he bumpy was bumpy through there, but it looked it didn't look like a normal pre-release, did it? So it didn't but, look like but, he was bouncing much. No, was, was the not, point. Not like more sometimes than, you see them like yeah. it's like Val Gardena or somebody like okay, this at any moment their ski could come off. Yeah, it's not normal pre-release. I don't think it was bouncing, but not. But I, I don't think mm-hmm. it was bouncing loads. But anyway, did you? But did you see the um the replay of like the course worker trying to put the heel piece down and like <laughs> <laughs> basically jumping on it? It's like this won't go down. Dominic Parish comes in there with like his fingers like done. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He they, he's getting even bigger now. Those are wound up. Those are most bindings. Most downhill bindings go up to twenty. I reckon it's go up to thirty. The guys. You know, you know what they did with Bodie Miller because when he was on Rosignol, he always lost his skis. So yeah. they were they were literally drilling a, um, a screw so they wouldn't come out through his bindings and into the boot. So is that your old man doing that? Was it? No, he wasn't. Um, <laughs> but it's like I'm not entirely sure that's within Fizz's regulations, uh, <laughs> myself. Okay. Huh? There. Well, I, I guess there's not really there's not really a rule on like on bindings. After uh, there's lots of rules around bindings, myself. <laughs> no, but just on the height, not you can screw someone in if someone like wants to lose their leg. Well, that's their. That's I just, their own. Again, I, I, I don't think that's allowed, myself. Be honest with you, I have to take back some of those crystal globes and give them to Benny Wright, the deserving owner <laughs> of uh, overall titles that he came second like three times to Bodie Miller with. Uh, do you know um, what, what? What was slut? Well slightly concerned more than slightly concerning was caveat cells crash in the super g in the was that no it's the downhill way no, was the no it's the super g yeah I, i've got yeah i wrote on that I was, that really well, upset me watching let's, it let's let's move let's move on we'll start with that and then we'll we'll go on as, as i managed to mess up um <laughs> he uh it just it didn't look it didn't look like a crash that was going to knock him out. If I'm being, if I'm being honest, um, and we've had, yeah. we've seen all, you know, it's been well written about in the press about how he's really struggled since he, since he properly knocked himself out a couple of seasons ago, and how he's really struggled with uh, his balance and trying to tr- trying to get back. And it's been a couple of seasons that he's been away, and then he comes back ready to race, and I. I the right terminology isn't there for me to try and say what exactly what I mean, but it wasn't a big crash. It was fairly innocuous crash. And to really, and, and I know that it doesn't take a lot if in the right, if you hit in the right place or the wrong place, but it's slightly concerning more than slightly concerning the way that he, the, the issues that he had, but he is, but he is, um, he came around in hospital uh and he is caveat so was immediately transported to camel hospital after his fall and he's flying back to switzerland for further tests um 
but the CT scan and cam wash showed no severe injuries, which is a massive relief. Yeah, similar to what you were saying. Like I said, I was watching both the, the speed races this evening before we started recording. And I, I, yeah, it really upset me to see that crash because it, you're right, it, did, it didn't look like a big crash. And I know that doesn't mean anything, but it almost looked like he was out before he hit the floor. He looked like his body was already limp. And that, yeah, it, it kind of shook me up watching it, going back to the visions of what had happened to him before and reading a lot of the stuff about what he's had to work on in the last couple of years that they were talking about if his head's down and he's trying to look forwards like you do in a tuck position that he starts to lose focus after five or 10 seconds. And as a speed racer, you can't do that. No, you, can't. you know, you have to be able to hold that focus for two minutes or however long you're racing for. And they mentioned you've been to see some, some specialists, I can't remember if it was Barcelona or, or, or Italy or somewhere, but apparently one of the MotoGP riders had a similar condition and he's been working with, with, with similar specialists in that. But yeah, it was really, I was so, I was halfway through writing notes to say how good it was to have him back when he crashed uh and yeah like i said it was it, it shook me up to watch it to be honest yeah with you. me and too yeah. and, and you could see a lot of the other racers like um foyts didn't look like his head was in the game at all when yeah. he came down on that super g and that's very unlike him not much phases foyts and a couple of the french racers obviously have got the history with um david poisson a few of those are kind of like messages that was all they were thinking about in a finish area was talking down the camera to, to, to wish him well and stuff. And yeah, yeah, it kind of, it, it, yeah, it kind of left a bad taste in, in your mouth and there was nothing anyone could do about it. But obviously, you know, the, the story of the day is still always going to be Odomat and it's tough for him that it's his teammate that's, that's had that accident on, on the, on the day that should be really happy for him. Marcel, anything on the um, caveat cell? You know, I feel if they talk about his condition beforehand, that something can't be quite right. Like if they still talk about, I mean, they probably have cleared him and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but on the other hand, like, look, he's he's had so many injuries, you know. It, it's one thing to break a leg, which is, I think, like the least of anyone's worry because that grows together naturally right yeah yeah if you if you tear like an acl well that's rubbish because you have to replace it with something else that's not in your yeah. body yeah but then you have a concussion and you have like severe brain trauma that's when you go into like you know the stages where you think well you are never I, recover exactly and do do people you know do people wanna wanna risk that you know like he's he's 33 34 whatever he's had a great career but I the feel globe. like some the globe, but I feel like, you know, sometimes there might, there, and I know it's an athlete, he doesn't want to stop. But on the other hand, like, you know, it's it's brain trauma. Like he, it's the same with Daniel Albrecht. Like he was never the same afterwards. Yeah. Like he always had like problems with speech and like all those kind of things. Do you know, do you you know, know it's like, I, go, sorry, sorry. No, no. It, all I'm saying is if he would be a rugby player, he probably wouldn't have played anymore. Well, you know? well that's, that's the that, thing. yeah. I mean, that was my point. That was the point I was about to make. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, we have all of these, uh, and we'll talk about it from a from an English point of view. Uh, and I think something, I think sport leading like rugby with head injuries and concussions and return to to action protocols and external doctors checking players and calling players off 
the rugby pitch in mid-game to say, hang on a minute, you've got to have a, a, an assessment before you're allowed to play on. Uh, and then anything that does happen, there's a strict return to, 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 to game play protocols. I don't know if it's the same in American football, but it's been highlighted a lot over, over the last few seasons about trying to get on top of their head injury protocols and making sure that they're not sending people out that aren't ready. And if, if I'm, I don't know, and there was never one when I was racing, but that's now a decent period ago. But is there is there a return? Is there a fizz return to ski profile um, profile or protocol? Sorry, probably more more accurate that that racers have to have to go through to make sure that fizz are taking that out of an athlete's hand. Because, like you say, Marcel, athletes want to race. Athletes all you know you'll be told that you don't want to, when I raced at the Olympic games, I had a partial tear of my ACL, but I didn't get it checked because I didn't want to know how bad it was so that I could make sure that nobody told me I couldn't race. I know the knee injury is nothing to do, nothing like a brain injury, but my point is that that was a decision that I made and it was fine, but obviously a head injury, which is way harder. Is that just caveat sales call? Is that the Swiss team's call? Or is that a call that Fizz have some sort of interplay with to go, do you know what? Well, you're not ready. If you can't tuck for more than 10 seconds without having um, some sort of, you know, I can't, well, can't remember the terminology you used there, Ben, but, you know, some sort of um, concentration issue, then are Fizz okay with you coming back to racing at this point? I, I don't know. I don't know well, what the answer to that is. And it's probably the, something the we thing is, right, into. I'm sure he got cleared. I'm sure he's... Oh, know, he would have got cleared of some... Thought, yeah. I'm sure he was like, fine, fine, like, you know, fine. But w- what I'm saying is, like, looking back at sports and looking, like, you know, in other... Like, the, there, is a, there is a movie with Will Smith, I think, about the yeah. concussions in America, in the American football. Like, for 50 years, no one gave a damn about it, basically. And that there are people killing themselves because they're suicidal, like all those kind of things. And and that's not what's happening here. Like, but in general, I feel like serious, serious. You know, stuff. you gotta you gotta have a you have to maybe take a step back and like look on the bigger picture, because if he has another concussion and he had a severe head injury, you know that's that can literally lead to him being well, mush could be yeah. mush, you know, and like in, yeah, that's, yeah. it sounds awful, but it could be. And I feel like, you know, someone maybe, and, and I know as an athlete, you never, never want to hear that and you don't want to, like, you know, you've also, I'm sure he's fine. I'm not saying anything here, but. You're I always going to, we're always going to talk about it when you see something like that. And it's, it was like, we, like some, we said, some common sense, like, you know, just take yeah. a step back and what's important. And I think you maybe should have raced. I don't know. But it looked, it looked really weird. Like he was skiing fine. Like everything was fine. And then as soon as he hit that ground he was like out of it yeah uh but let's um let, let, let's move on from from that issue issue a nasty bit of action from the race day but and, and concentrate on the on the ski racing that was exceptional and marco odomat was exceptional and it looked exceptional and the guy was brilliant uh took the victory killed a second those two were um well, Odomat won it by 0.37. Matthias Meyer, 0.87 back off uh, Odomat. And uh, Kriegmeier got a bit close. It was the only, only, only three guys within a second of Odomat. But um, you saw Odomat go and you just knew the minute he started turning those skis, you know, a couple of flat gates. Uh, and then the minute he started 
putting those things on edge and getting that acceleration, you knew that he was basically unstoppable unless he made a mistake. It's so impressive how he's like how he's worked on his on his gliding. He's so quick in the flats now as well, which was something that obviously he had missing as like not, you know, like well he grew up as a speed skier, but yeah, I mean, well, juniors he was. You know, you need that technique. Like you need that that technique to develop. Like people taking ages to find the right way to glide and like how yeah. to you know put the skis on the edge and not do much on the edge and stuff. But I mean, he seems to. Be, he seems to have made such a big step and I said that in Soden in the first run that he skis he skis so much better and he does the same thing in, in downhill and super G he skis like so solidly there's nothing that can basically face him all the way down to the finish and he just hits every every turn is perfect hopefully like he can keep that going because it looks it looks amazing yeah I mean like we said he was taking time out of people we know good at gliding anyway in, in the downhill and uh, Pantro had gone just before him in the Super G and looked in the turny section like quite, like he was having quite a good day. I thought and he looked great. The, the, I think even the, on the flats he looked decent. I the, a... Yeah, and then the splits, Odomat took six tenths out of him on the last split. Yeah. And we were just like, okay, that's quick. Let's see what happens. And and Kilda was in touch until those last couple splits. So on that gliding into the finish, Odomat pulled away from 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 Kilda, which is you know showing just the level he's at um, in terms of that kind of ability to glide, and obviously the GS skills he's got means there's not going to be a turn they put in a super G that he can't find a way to do faster yeah. than anyone else on the hill. Uh, so it was brilliant. There was there was some interesting bits. Marcel that said um, Matthias might have, might have been contemplating retirement after another heroic like Olympic performance. A few, a few people did, were did, contemplating retirement by the. But did did is and that then they go on until true? they're forty five, you know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but was that was there anything any discussion of that back in Austria? I I didn't I get know. the impression. I, granted, I mean, at that point he's won everything there is to win for him. He is that the ultimate Olympic hero for Austrians because he always shows up in the Olympics and and performs big for them, and he's won you know world titles and, and stuff as well. But I didn't I didn't get the impression that he ever thought looked like he was possibly gonna re- retire See, this is the point he actually hasn't that's that's i think why i think he said something in the interview that he obviously thought about it but he's never won a world cup medal and he never won a globe so those are the two things that he's looking for never won a what a, a globe yeah but before that a world a world cup world, a world, champ, world, world, champs. Champs, world okay. champs medal. yeah so i think no one cares about those so it's, it's like a double double olympic champions <laughs> i mean yeah. the double double <laughs> Yeah, but you know, for him, a good motivation, and he's only 32, 30, 32. Yeah, I, think. I, I, I did think that was a bit funky. So he he can ski another nine, ten years. I mean, him and, and Clary, Clary will still be skiing probably, but yeah, <laughs> Clary will be pipping him to podiums when he's fifty-two or something. He will, um, he will be wheeled out with his Zimmer frame at the end. But yeah, my, yeah, Maya looked Maya looked all, all weekend looked like his his normal self, kind of maybe not at his absolute peak, but he like his touch is so good and yeah. it look he's he's always got a fairly good glide on him. I think both days I made notes he made a couple slight errors and and I think we discussed last week at, at Beaver Creek if you do put those mistakes in you're you know unless you get a really clean run you're probably not going to end up on the on the top step. So it was good to see him back. I don't know quite what ha- was happening with. The, with the weather on the on the day of the super G, um, whether it was just because there'd been a bit of fresh snowfall, there were quite a few people popping in with, with higher numbers. We had like kind of um, Matthew Bellet, Andy Sander, and, and Daniel Hermitsberger 
uh, and Nils Allegra all coming in from kind of like 20 up to up to high 40s into the top 10. So it looked like there was there was something going on with that later section, I don't know whether the wind shifted um, or just some of that top snow had, had been brushed away, um, leading for some faster people to come in. But it looked like a good race for some of the higher numbers as well as obviously Odomat winning from, from six showed it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a weather only race. So it was, it's good when you get those those guys uh, popping in from, from high bib numbers as well. Yeah, I think... Uh... I, I very, very, very much enjoyed watching that Lake Louise um, curtain curtain call, if we like. Um, on to the action coming up this weekend. The women are in Lake Louise, Double Downhill Super G, and the men are over in Beaver Creek for Double Downhill Super G. Um, can't wait for them to get to Beaver Creek, which is always 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 brilliant um the snow tends to be pretty grippy tends to hold up really nicely it's at altitude very very physical and is tends to be a cracking race and the americans bring the heat Cochrane rcs is going to be on on fire um and the women in lake louise getting their first outing on the speed skis it's going to be epic and they, you know, it, it, you, we've seen how hard the snow surface is over in Lake Louise. Uh, and it, it's in all likelihood isn't going to get warmer. And that piece is going to be just as brutal when it comes to a race day for the women. Um, let's start picking, shall we? Anybody want to add anything before we get to picking? Just I think there was the announcement earlier today on on one of Fizz's channels about uh before before we start picking people uh about uh the Detska not being around until New Year's at the earliest uh going to continue working on a rehab that said she's not going to race any snowboard or alpine uh until until the New Year hoping to be back in time for the for the World Champ so it's a bit of a shame because when you're talking about the speed you know she's there or thereabouts she was third in the in the downhill last year um. There goes my um, pick. There goes my pick. No, that was Marcel's gimme. That was. Start. You can have. You can have proposal. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a joker. Proposal is a joker. <laughs> um, do you, I kind of feel? Do we? Do we know who else is? Is 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 fit? Godia always seems to be injured. Is she going to be good to go for the start of the season? I mean, she if... will be good to go for the first one. But as we've seen, the piece is pretty mental. <laughs> Uh, so this, whether or not she makes it to the Super G on Sunday is another matter entirely. Legit, it's a legit call. Um, let's do the women's choices. Double downhill Super G. Um, I feel like having us pick anybody other than Goggia is just almost doesn't feel very fair. Especially you if you want to go Godia or Suter. Um, what do you reckon on Cooper Army? Wait, Marcel, you're top of the standards, mate. You go last. Yeah, you don't, um, you don't get to Well, is it the person in that 80 something probably gets to go 80 first? 80 something yeah. can go um, first. But what do we think with, with um, Lara Cooper Army? Obviously, she had just had a blinder then, but last year she was kind of nowhere in the speed standings, or certainly in the downhill standards, which is really she, unlike she, her. She brought the heat late on, didn't she? But I don't what, yeah. about, what about Ramona Siebenhofer for you, Ben? 
in fairness said you should probably be pretty mad at me because i'm fairly sure i talked marcel into picking wendy last week <laughs> <laughs> right picks ben go um for downhill number one um i will go with godier uh suitor and i go with ranghild movikl shout um i go first gotcha <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be uh i will go movenko this is ben do you want are you going with suta straight off the bat no i'll pick someone different just to mix it up i'm already so That's far down the standings um <laughs> you like to keep it real i'm still i'm still pretending that i care for now until i get too um, far away i'm trying to think we had, a, we had a we had a couple austrians that, that threw in a couple of interesting results last year i'm going to say uh uh miriam puckner is going to be my guest wait marcel is miriam puckner fit <coughs> i don't know maybe uh, okay if maybe. she's injured if she's injured i'm changing my pick but for now i'll go with uh, no she's fine she's fine uh puckner um good barami super g ben Hold on, I'm still writing these down. Slow down. You're going Gooper, aren't me? Yeah. Why am I not surprised? I don't know. Who are you going for? Uh, I'm going to go um, with a defending champ, Frederica Brignoni. And I've just upset myself because I said he I'm just looking at it. It's like a bit of a, you know, a lucky punch here. Um, but I'm going for... Got it. Surely, you, surely after your moving, I actually you go for Gupin Rami. Has everyone picked Gupin Rami? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's oh, Edwin. Well, <laughs> um, after your moving, downhill pick. You know what? I'm going to go for Michaela Schifrin. Schifrin on the US side, yeah. She's not there. Is she not? Is she not going? I don't think. Let me bring up. If mine. she goes and wins, I get the points. Otherwise, I go for um, Elena. You're Cortone. not having. You're not having two picks. I, I go for Elena Cortona. I or I, I'm not sure why you went for um. Well, I went for Movinkle and downhill, but then didn't think she'd make it in Super G. I'm yeah, almost certain. Dude, don't, no, no, don't, don't ruin my vibe here. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm feeling very confident with my picks. You can have Schifrin or Cortoni. You can't have both, Marcel, because I know exactly what's no, going to happen. Uh, Mika Michaela will not. Michaela will not go to Lake Louise. Uh, she's going back to slalom and GS training on Austrian snow. Wants to concentrate on building the technical in Sestria, but. We'll go to Samaritz for speed. So All apparently, right, I go, I go for Gotcha then. Well, Marcel already said no, you, so you've already said Gotcha. You already said Cortoni. No, Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. No, he's gone Raposo, I think, for that. You give, him, <laughs> you give him Raposo for the Super G. No, um, gotcha for the Super G. Right, got it. <laughs> All right. First downhill man, I go for uh, Audemars. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> Well, I picked last now, so I go first one. Unbelievable. Uh, okay, fine. If you want to cheat, you can cheat. That's the only Wait, way. Wait, did you say for the first downhill, Martin? Yes. Ben? I'm going to stick with the hot hand of, of Kilda. No, he worked for me last week. You forgot about Forget about the defending champion. Good job. Uh, do you to, I mean, do you, what do you trust? Do you trust the form of Hemmetsberger or the no. class of Foitz? 
What about Clary? He's pretty good there as well. He actually, to be fair, he is pretty good there, but he is 47 now <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's very high. And uh, mm, I, I'm going to have to go Maya, I think, because I think he's he's got the energy levels. I was going to think, I was thinking Foyt, so I'm just going to fill you in. I was thinking Foyt, but we are at severe altitude and the guy's getting a He's he's like sixty now, and what he's thirty five. He's talking about than us. But second race, I'm going to go Ojemat. That's a bit rude, actually. I'm just saying, he's he's probably another guy that's nearly retiring. Who knows? But I'm going to go for uh, yeah, Ojemat race two. Ben, oh, I've got the double killed. That's amazing. Oh, that's pretty good for you. I go for. My Kriegmeier or Meyer? Meyer. Okay, and then Marcel. No, you're doing Odermatt. 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 Yes, yes. No. Yes. No, you're out. Ben, no, I'm not out. Back Odermatt. me up. He's no, loud. No, he doesn't I'm, get to go first just, again. Guys, it's just fair. I started last, and it's just that's how the system works. That's not the system is my system, and I can tell you <laughs> that's not how the system works. <laughs> Ben, do you think that's how the system works? Yes. Let, let him have it. Odomat will be tired after winning both downhills, probably. So, uh, <laughs> uh, <don't worry. laughs> all right. So that means you're going to go. For... I'll let you go. I'll let you go second, Ed. Oh yeah, because you can't have triple Kilda, so I'll go Kilda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you're just going to pick someone else and let me have it anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, do I, do I want to just go Maya or do I want to mix it up a little bit? RCS. I mean, he looked a little bit quick this weekend, but but the Americans and the Canadians didn't quite look like they had their their full kind of race pace ready to go, um, which is what I'm a little bit worried you know about. Who, um, you know who you should be going for? Vince Raw. No, don't let him put that in your head. He's always very good in the Beaver Creek Super G. You reckon? Yeah. So you reckon, Marcel? What's his best result there? You can be stat man for a bit. Third or second. I need wins, Marcel, not thirds. Yeah. Like, you, <laughs> well, I don't think you're going to complain about any points, are you? Down the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, Ben, who are you going for? I'll be boring and just get straight for Maya. All right. Cool. Right, well done, you guys. Uh, this has been far too long. Uh, we've spoken far too much. Um, so, till next time, bye for now. <laughs>